and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. San Francisco time on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week, we're talking about the second album from Chicago band Stuck. It's called Freak Frequency and starts with the song The Punisher. is a band out of Chicago that has been on my radar since uh, preparing for the 2022 South by Southwest. They really caught my attention with a single called City of Police off of an EP called Content That Makes You Feel Good. And their combination of playfulness and fury and a sense of humor really just pulled me in. We saw them uh, at that festival and they won me over with a remarkably tight set and so i've been just on the lookout for them to put out more music and here we are a year later and we have this fantastic second record from them and i am blown away just the variety of sounds that happen here and in fact uh, greg obis the front man has talked about how this song they wanted to put it first because it kind of touches on all of the different things they bring to the table musically and so you get the real fury of the musicality really rapid rhythm but then this voice that swerves from a growl to kind of this high yelp and then even that little bit of saxophone we heard going into the second verse yeah and lyrically he said it sets a tone for the whole album as well which uh, according to him is about quote the inverse relationship between the slowly declining u.s empire and the seemingly endless escalation of paranoia fear and violence within it yeah i mean it's clearly uh, you know, about the sort of MAGA, QAnon, people just falling down this rabbit hole and trying to get them out. And again, I, I, I appreciate that there is this mixture of real anger, but also sympathy mm-hmm. expressed in this song, uh, as well as in a really delightful video. And so I, I do recommend there are a couple of videos off this record and they're both very charming. And even though it, the lyrical content throughout this album has a strong political bent and is kind of angry about capitalism and about a lot of daily problems like our broken healthcare system, but there's a lot of humor in it and it's treated in kind of a lighthearted way as much as possible. It's not, 
you, you don't feel like you're being lectured at. No, for sure. It's a it's a fun record. And yeah, it's f- feel bad and feel good simultaneously. <laughs> and that's for sure the case on this song where yeah, you get this just relatively straightforward song that then slows down and turns into this explosive finale that just keeps going and ramping up the energy more and more. It's really fantastic and gets us, gets the heart beating for the rest of the ride. And we go from that into another, I think very, I would describe self-deprecating kind (laughs) of uh, song about one's own failings. Let's say it's called lose your cool. about this track aside from the fact that it's just funny like the lyrics in the first verse are very amusing to me um i love how it the players especially the bass guitar and drums all are really well interlocked and they're so tight when they play together and the guitar lines and the bass lines just kind of dance around each other and the drum is just almost like an insistent ticking clock and it really feeds into the sort of paranoid not quite keeping it together lyrics and vocals yeah i the not quite keeping it together really to me is so exemplified by the guitar lines in this which are melodies but barely connected to one what you know what one normally thinks i think they, they jump around so much and it feels like yeah this life spiraling out of control and this very much is feeling like a pandemic record of the being trapped inside and binge watching to just try and get through the kind of stress and it's not really working. Yeah, Ova said this about this song in an interview that I read. Uh, These tools that I had built for myself right before the pandemic, like going to therapy, just completely fell apart as soon as everything else did. My mental health is always right on the line. It feels like it could go anytime without constant maintenance. Yeah, the and you know, Greg Obus plays guitar along with uh, Donnie Walsh, and there is such a great kind of interplay between the two guitars, which I think is the hallmark of the best post-punk music. It's fantastic here, and yeah, creates this feeling of anxiety, even as I feel like if I saw this this song live, I would want to dance while feeling kind of very unsettled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this whole album is has a very unsettling undertone, but... Yeah, and so after a couple of pretty fast songs... Uh, they decide to go even faster on the next track. It's called Time Out. Somebody's following me. Watch 
song is such a great showcase for the rhythm section of uh, David Algram on bass and Tim Green on drums and uh, especially the drummer. I love the Greg Obis interview with Soundsphere talked about how he was trying to see just how far he could push Tim Green on drummer with the tempo. Turns out the answer was a lot. <laughs> on drummer. Yeah. Uh, on yeah, the our drummer with the tempo. <laughs> yeah, I can read quickly while also talking. Um, but yeah, the, what I love also, though, is he's not only fast, but there's this real playfulness to his drumming where you get these little kind of woodblock sections that give it a kind of a, an earthiness and it's not just a straight ahead aggression. And so big fan and perfect for the kind of anxiety of being extremely online. <laughs> Yeah, and we get the very crazy sax in there, which is Sarah Clausen is the sax player there. I feel like a lot of band rock bands that I like out of Chicago incorporate sax somehow. And I don't know if there's like just a lot of people who play sax in Chicago. I don't know. But anyway, it's a, I love the way that it comes in just right at key moments to kind of add some craziness. Yeah, I think that. You know, I don't think she's considered a core member of the band, but this is clearly a very positive collaboration. I think Greg Obis in interviews talked about how, you know, they weren't really working super like in the studio together, but she would send the tracks in and she was really good at like bringing some insanity and then not overdoing it to leave room for the core band to still do what it does so well. Yeah, he has talked about how he really thinks about pacing and where to put those pieces and how to withhold certain elements and then introduce them slowly into the song to really kind of amp up the um it, it amps up the energy through the song as you go yeah and in that section we hear i love how it amps up you know ramps up to this somebody's following yeah. me and yeah that notion of social media oh i have followers and in real life like people following you is kind of creepy well yeah it's the i love the lyrical playfulness of this he has said this song is about being you know too too online too using twitter too much and the idea of someone's following me and reading all of my thoughts describes the experience of posting on twitter but also seems kind of crazy and paranoid and that i love the cleverness of that yeah if if you watch the video it's also very funny yeah highly approved so from here, yeah, we're, we have this ramp up of energy, things getting faster and faster and kind of very much looking more and more inward into kind of obsession, personal obsession and madness with TV and, and social media. And so we slow way down and pull out a little to the big picture again on the next track. It's called Planet Money.
intentional uh, intentional attempt to slow a song way down and make it very expansive and kind of explode the experience of the song. Yeah, it's not subtle and he admits as much and I love though that it the weird experience of listening to a show like Planet Money yeah. or Marketplace and how you just have these very soothing, you know, calm public radio voices describing a system that you know, a lot of people not a big fan and a lot of people get kind of screwed and as the song puts it so acidly that you know, the system that you know, puts a knife in your back and tells it tells you that it's your fault and then pulls the knife out halfway and says, that's a reform. Yeah. It's pretty amazing and just, oh, hits hard. Yeah, I'm not sure the sonics of this song work that well for me. It does feel a little bit plodding and it's, I think, the longest track on the record, but it really makes its point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's up there. There's, you know, generally the songs are under four minutes and this is one of a handful that's just over four. And it is, I think, starts a little plotting. It, it opens up a little bit into kind of these more weird screeches where both the vocals and that saxophone sound kind of come in and break it open a little bit. But I think, um, yeah, it's, it is a dirge. It's, this is definitely not a, the one I'm going to want to dance to your life. Yeah. So the next song we'll play is the title track, Freak Frequency. day job is as a mastering engineer he works at a mastering studio in chicago and he also does run live sound for some of the local venues during shows but he you know this lyrics refer to a shepherd's tone which i had to look up and it's um if you play the shepherd scale it creates an auditory illusion of a tone that seems to continually ascend or descend in pitch yet yet which ultimately gets no higher or lower yeah so I think he talked about how he used an audio and uh, a software synth to simulate that, but it's not actually Shepard's tone. It's just an upswing and then it fades out before he then talks about it. And then it comes in again at a couple points later in the song. And in fact, it is the end of the song is that Shepard's tone or faux Shepard's tone sort of shepherds us into the next song. So I kind of like that happens a couple times on this record where the sound songs blend into each other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to hear him talk about that because, you, you know, he's talking about him being this kind of very detailed on sound. He's like, oh, yeah, I have this very synthetic sounding software uh, sound. And so he then plays it 
out of a speaker and then into a microphone oh. to make it sound a little more like a traditional instrument. And it's a, I think a good call that, yeah, there's not a lot of synth on this record and where there is, it mostly feels like it's, it fits in the sound. Yeah. And it's a great metaphor for what he has said this song is about, which is, and I'm quoting here, it's mainly about this constant escalation of paranoia, stress and anxiety, violence, Stuff, shit stuff keeps happening and everything's getting worse in the U.S. How it's a bad thing to be living through, but if it means we're getting closer to things breaking and getting better from that, maybe in the long term it's a good thing. Not sure I agree, but I think the shepherd's toad is a good metaphor. Yeah, it's, well, that's the thing. It's like, is it actually leading to anything or is it just going to feel like this forever? And it is kind of a nice uh, take you know, coming out of the last song, the Planet Money, which was very much about how capitalism seems to tell you everything, you know, this system is, this is the best, the only system that is possible. And if you fail in it, it's your fault. And he's kind of thinking like, well, let maybe not. But I, I love how vague this is. It is just that sense of like, I don't know, something's wrong. And I, I, that feeling of being inside that feeling of wrongness. And it's like, well, if I pay attention to it, it's awful. And if I ignore it, it's even yeah. worse. Yeah. So the next song we'll play is called Fool's Idol. Unfolding history, finding the cycle, the march of progress, the fool's idol, a closed loop, violence unending, here comes, the boss descending. is such a great piece of building an album i would say because you know as i mentioned we have that rising synth sound bleeds into this track and then fades and is replaced by this very unsettling kind of crickets chirping over super driving bass and it has this real push and pull of having these really dark verses and then the chorus starts very bright even as the lyrics continue to be extremely grim and there's this through line of that you know a mention of a new dark age which is actually not the first time we've heard that on the record that was also introduced in the punisher and then the even those choruses are constantly like oh it's this really bright positive major tone and then back to minor and then back to major and back to minor and it's another very unsettling, like, is this modern world, are we screwed? And this, I think this is a pretty we're screwed song, but 
Yeah, just structurally, I love how this song works. And even, you know, you talked about the bright tones of the major key guitar, and it's even like the tone of the guitar itself is just very clear and bright. And everything about this song kind of shifts back and forth, but in a way that doesn't feel disjointed. It really flows together. And I, I just, I really like the compositional structure. Yeah, it's fantastic that you get, and even where things come and go, I love that those chirps are so cool sounding. And then they start to come in towards the end of that uh, verse we heard. And I love that it's sort of verse, chorus, verse, and then that second, that sounds kind of different and more intense bef and the, with those chirps, really driving us a little nuts before we explode into a really aggressive, angry instrumental jam in the heart of the, of the song. And it is, I guess also this is what the mid 11 song albums, so this is the middle track. And it's, mm -hmm. so it's that, that instrumental jam is kind of the real heart of the record. And it's this beating heart that's angry and powerful and, yeah, these guys are really tight band. Yeah, I'm I'm really sorry when we saw them at South by Southwest. I think I had food poisoning, and so I was not really into it, and I did not remember seeing them. But we have some good pictures from that set. Yeah, so from here we go into uh, the kind of home stretch of the record, and the next track we'll play really follows through on a lot of these themes. It's called Break the Arc. Four, five, six, seven, eight. We were born in a treadmill car, bending towards whomever it serves. As you can see, but I look over the edge. I see the drop of fuel in my chest. You see the vibes, I see the faces. predisposed to liking this song because I know that the quote that the arc of history is long and bends towards justice feels comforting but it's impossible to know unless we know what the end of history looks like and also it's probably inaccurate and so I just love this song that kind of takes that conventional wisdom and turns it on its head but also in a positive way and with the the verse I mean with sorry the chorus being we'll take the arc of history and like a broken bone we can set it right yeah I mean it's in interviews there is a little bit of a sense of ambiguity of like is this hopeful or not is breaking the arc and rebuilding it going to work or make it worse but there is a certain of sense of like can it even get worse and I I love that line in the song of like you see an arc 
uh, I see a coil, mm-hmm. um, the new boss, the same toil. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least there is a progression in the song, though, because the first time we hear that, it's you see the, you see an arc, I see a coil. And then later it's, you know, they see an arc, we see a coil. Mm-hmm. And so there is that sense of like, no, we're kind of building a movement and, of, of seeing that this is something we need to change. Like, this is not going well. <laughs> And this is one of the few songs where there are a lot of backup vocals and it does feel like more of a like we are together in moving, maybe moving history in a new direction. That's more positive. Yes. And that's how I take it. Yeah, I I think I like that there's that ambiguity. And I I think it's fun to see it optimistically is not least because there is such a playfulness here. Again, there's more of that great woodblock percussion Mm -hmm. that gives it this real playfulness and uh, even the that message of totally effed is this very almost like Devo like and I think I counted it's twenty eight times <laughs> the tub before finally saying totally and it is I love that where the vocals become this kind of abstract percussion we heard that in timeout 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 where you almost lose the words and here even more so and it's so fun yeah I think of his vocals as being a kind of amalgamation of like Devo talking heads and the B-52s like you you definitely hear some Fred Schneider in there yeah well you get you get the sense just in interviews of how wide his musical interests range because like yeah he loves Fugazi the political Mm -hmm. anger and he loves he's like really into Krill the sort of math rock Uh dense structure also loves John Vanderslice and Billy Joel. Who doesn't love John Yeah, but it's like, yeah, he's just, he's very ecumenical in the musical interests and his songwriting. And it really shows that there's so much variety and playfulness throughout this record, even as it's so cohesive, both both musically, lyrically, thematically. Yeah, you picked this record for us to talk about. And at first I thought it was a little bit too aggro, but on repeated listens, I really enjoyed the playfulness of the lyrics and the, the switching up of tempos and the way the percussion is so driving. Like it, it seemed, it seemed at first like a darker record than I think it really is. Yeah. It, I was a little bit like, I'm not sure. And that's always the thing is when you make that call, like, Oh, I've listened to the record once or twice. And like, I think this has promise. And then we kind of commit, all right, we're going for it. Mm. And I'm really happy that I had a chance to dive deep and get into this record. Fantastic sophomore LP from this band. And, uh, unfortunately, they're currently on tour, but only hitting the east half of the country. But uh, one hopes this record gets the kind of traction and the attention that gets them touring more widely. Because we saw them live once, and I really want to see these songs performed live by this band. They're yeah. fantastic. I, I would like to see them when I'm not when I don't have food poisoning. <laughs> Avoid the food trucks. Yeah. So we're gonna go out with the last song, which is called "Do Not Reply." And we've been discussing the second record by Stuck, which was called Freak Freak Frequency. Hard to say it fast. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.